Hi everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome back to Top of the Morning on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. Today we are continuing with our series of year-ahead conversations with the UBS Chief Investment Office for today, focusing on a 2024 outlook for investment-grade corporate bonds. So joining me here at the table here in 1285, glad to welcome back Barry McAlinden, Senior Fixed Income Strategist for the Americas. Uh, Barry, nice to be with you today here in person. Welcome back. Yeah, thanks, Dan. Great to be here. So Barry, as a starting point, can you provide us with a general overview of the investment-grade corporate bond market, a 101, so to speak. Sure. So investment-grade corporate bonds, they're primarily issued by companies, although the ultimate obligors could be different than a parent company, uh, could be a different issuing entity. Um, The investment-grade bond market has really the the currency as the distinguishing factor. Uh, So U.S. dollar-issued debt securities, um, you could have uh, these issuers, obligors that are uh, domiciled in uh, areas outside the U.S. as well. So it's about 80% in North America, 10% Europe, 7% uh, in APAC. Obviously, uh, investment grade, so that means credit ratings uh, from triple B to triple A. And uh, the size of the market is about $8 trillion outstanding. So it is a large component of the broader high-grade bond universe that includes treasuries, mortgage-backed securities, agency securities. Um, the investor base tends to be uh, tilt towards institutional investors, so dedicated investors in the space like fen- pension funds, insurance companies. But there are uh, individuals uh, you know, who purchase uh, uh, investment-grade corporates. We have it as part of our uh, house view asset allocation strategy. And uh, you know, the one thing to keep in mind is the tax treatment. You're talking about a fully taxable mm-hmm. asset class uh, as opposed to the municipal bond market, which provides uh, federally or potentially state tax exempt income. This is federally uh, both taxable at mm-hmm. both levels. Uh, so that's why um, for individuals, it's best to hold investment corporates in uh, tax advantage type accounts. Well, Barry, thank you for that overview. Very helpful for our listeners, our clients. So let's pivot a bit, reflect on the year that was before we get into year-ahead expectations. How did the sector perform this year, Barry, relative to your expectations, thinking back to January? Yeah, so we came into the year with a generally positive outlook for investment-grade corporates, a most preferred view. That was based uh, primarily on the yield that the asset class uh, provided at the time. Uh, so we began the year, the overall IG index was yielding about 5.5%, which is actually not too different than where it's presently yielding, about 56 Full circle almost. Full circle, um, but, you know, with volatility in between. Uh, in between, exactly. That was So the main value proposition we thought was the absolute yield um, that, you know, most of it came from where treasury yields, uh, you know, the level of treasury yields. Not necessarily the credit spread level. Uh, credit spread beginning of the year was about 138 basis points, which is about average uh, during you know the post GFC uh, period. Um, and you know we we thought that the high level of tre- treasury yields was important because it provided a buffer, and we thought the economy in the U.S. was prone to a slowdown, potentially even recession. And you know we thought that spreads you know, could be vulnerable to maybe move a little bit wider in that environment, but treasury yields provided, you know, some offset if that were to occur. Mm-hmm. Now, what actually happened, obviously with yields, we saw a lot of interest rate volatility uh, in 2023 um, that was priced into the market, you know, in periods such as we, we just went through in October when the 10-year was north of 5%. Uh, and of course, you know, the, the the reversal of that, you know, took place in, in November uh, up until the present. So, 
it, it really was a driver um, in terms of total return. Investment grade corporates provided a total return of about 5.3% mm-hmm. year to date. Now, most of that has stemmed from, though, the coupon of uh, the asset class, not necessarily any change in the pricing of the asset class. So that was, you know, maybe something we didn't expect. Um, you know, we thought prices could maybe even uh, appreciate, you know, as yields went lower. But the they, pricing is about sideways. Most of the, the total return, again, comes from uh, the, the yield component. And, you know, in terms of the credit spreads, you know, we have seen credit spreads move, you know, pretty considerably tighter. With uh, They're about 28 basis points tighter year to date. Now, 21 basis points occurred in the month of November. Mm. So November really was kind of a, a repricing, both on the rates and credit spread um, side of things. And, you know, I, I think when you look at, when we think about investment grade, you know, it did perform well. Um, we, we did see treasury yields, you know, provide that buffer, especially during periods uh, like March when we had, mm-hmm. you know, the failures of the regional banks sure. in the U.S. Um, and, and we saw investment grade provide, you know, a positive total return uh, during that month. So that's really, again, I think showcasing, you know, the value that the asset class uh, provides. I think it also shows, you know, despite, um, you know, our best uh, to um, lay the path forward for investors in the year ahead, of course, you know, something unexpected naturally occurs in the financial markets. So, you know, we'll always have to adapt, you know, to those conditions uh, throughout the year. So with that context, Barry, as we look ahead to 2024, what is CIO's outlook for the asset class? Yeah, so not too dissimilar, really, from, you know, our view in the beginning of 2023. We think, again, the main uh, value proposition for investors comes from the absolute yield, with most of that coming from uh, the the level of Treasury securities. Uh, We do think that, you know, Treasury yields, um, you know, as – Leslie Falconio has been, um, you know, articulating, you know, likely to decline uh, throughout the course of next year mm-hmm. based on just a slower trajectory of economic growth, as well as this continued trend in disinflation in the marketplace. So, you know, we think that the Fed, you know, basically is at the end of its tightening cycle, not likely to raise rates again. In fact, likely to uh, reduce rates uh, next year, probably not until maybe mid-year, though. Um, you know, expect cuts of maybe two to three uh, mm-hmm. cuts next year. That should be an environment where Treasury yields uh, move lower, um, and you know, bond prices such as investment grade corporates, you know, could appreciate uh, in that environment. I think you know, again, in terms of the the overall credit spread now, given the sharp tightening that we've witnessed more recently, the investment grade index is, is at a spread level of about 110 basis points which is on that kind of the tighter end of, you know, what we peg to be fair value. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if we do see investment grade spreads widen out, though, we do think that, you know, the magnitude of such widening uh, should be a bit limited in scope. You know, I think even if we do have kind of unforeseen market risk off events, you know, think about a level of, like, let's say, 160 basis points, uh, which might be a bit about, you know, a peak in which spreads, you know, could widen. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a pure, uh, the spread level that we saw in, in this past March. Uh, with with the uh, the bank volatility, um, and you know again, I think what, what we think about investment grade returns, we do think that 2024 we're going to see them driven by uh, both the, the coupon and the curve ro- roll down that bonds provide. So that alone, you know, c- kind of gives you that mid single digit five percent uh, return potential. But we do think uh, that in 2024 price gains are more likely. Again, you know, driven by what's likely to happen with Treasury yields. 
um, you know, more so than any compression in bond credit spreads. So, you know, 5% uh, kind of as a starting point. And if we do see yields decline, you know, I think, you know, you could, you could add on, you know, to that. And depending upon the magnitude of the decline, you know, it's it's not out of the realm to, to witness like a, a double-digit uh, total return possibility for investment-grade corporates uh, next year. So, you know, we do remain um, most preferred. And, and again, yeah, that value proposition coming, you know, from the yield that investors can, can uh, obtain. So with that, Barry, let's run with positioning given those return expectations. So specifically within IG corporates, investment-grade corporates, how are you recommending that investors position within? So within investment-grade corporates, you know, we can think about the different um, bonds that are issued by certain uh, industry sectors as well as their their credit ratings and, and curve positioning. So to begin with industry sectors, you know, the main repricing that we've seen this year has been bonds of financial companies, mm-hmm. um, particularly banks. You know that moved wider relative to to non financials, and that's a relationship that's really persisted. It's not uh, it's not as wide as it was, you know, back in March or, mm-hmm. or May, um, but we still see them wider than non financials. And you know, back during that time, um, you know, when we had uh, the regional bank failures, you know, we, we thought that it wasn't indicative of like a systemic you know banking crisis or anything like that. So you know we continue to point at opportunities you know within the bonds of U.S. banks and of course their preferred securities, and that's really a view that you know we maintain. Um, you know we think should persist into next year is just a relative value uh, within uh, banks versus non-banks in the investment grade corporate market. When it comes to credit ratings, so if you kind of divide investment grade corporates between two main ratings of triple Bs versus single As. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we see really value in both uh, rating segments. Um, I would say that, you know, we we like to compare a metric like the ratio of, of triple B credit spreads versus single A. And when you look at this ratio for financials, we're about the 50th percentile, uh, kind of over the past uh, 15 years. And for non-financials, it's about the 78th percentile. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're still getting, you know, compensation for moving from single A to triple B. Um, and we think, you know, again, there's opportunity um, within both credit rating segments. Um, it's more the issuer selection um, that we'd see is probably the, you know, the more important factor there when choosing individual bonds. And then we're in the yield curve to invest. So investment grade corporate bonds uh, span the spectrum anywhere between, you know, one year all the way to 30 and even a little bit beyond that. We usually narrow, for individual investors, we usually narrow the maturity range down to about one to 10 years. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is because you can oftentimes capture you know, most of the yield that the market offers within that one to 10-year segment. Mm-hmm. You also get uh, the duration exposure of the overall index. If you go out about seven to 10 years, um, you, know, you can still get that duration effect uh, that you could with a full investment-grade index. So with all that said, <laughs> um, we, we do like... Um, a barbell approach, both uh, the short end maturities, so that would be like one to three years. Mm-hmm. You basically can get good coupon income. Price sensitivity is lessened because you're at shorter maturities, which is shorter duration. So we think the you know income to price volatility ratio uh, is uh, favorable for investors. Mm-hmm. As it relates to further out the curve, you know, think about seven to ten year bonds. That's where prices could appreciate if we do see yields fall next year. Um, so we like that barbell, one to three years, seven to 10 year. 
And with that said, you know, I think it's a again an opportune time for investors who do use laddered implementation strategies, like a one to ten year ladder, mm-hmm. gives you that benefit, um, you know, in, in a combined strategy as well. Well, thank you, Barry, for those positioning considerations, and thank you for all of your contributions, participation here on Top of the Morning throughout 2023. I do indeed look forward to continuing the conversation in the year ahead. Great. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Again, today we have been speaking with Barry McAlinden, Senior Fixed Income Strategist for the Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. From UBS Studios, I'm Dan Cassidy. Thank you for joining us. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at UBS.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at UBS.com forward slash CIO disclaimer.